should be. Um, so I'm about to say something that uh, you never want to hear a preacher say. I realize I prepared way too much for this sermon. <laughs> so we're going to pray uh, right now. <laughs> um, just that, I mean, I've been cutting stuff left and right the last like 12 hours from this. But uh, I, I just got so excited, you know, about how good our God is, how much we have to be thankful for. Um, but let's just pray together. Lord, what can we do but give you thanks, Jesus, for, for everything that you have done for us? God, and we want, we want to do that not just Thursday, Lord, not, not just today, not just on the times we get together, but God, we want to be a people that overflow with your thankfulness. We want to be a people that, that respond to all circumstances, thanking you, Lord, knowing that, that you are so good that we can trust you, God, that you are at work. So, Father, for this sermon, I just, I just humbly submit to you, Lord. Will, will you speak what needs to be shared today? God, the things that I don't need to talk about, will you, will you just help me to even forget to say them, Lord? Because, um, God, I, I just want you to be glorified. In your name, amen. Um, let's read Psalm 138 again. Um, Kathleen just read it, but, it, but it's, it's so good. And this is going to be our, our primary text. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart before the gods I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord. For they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I'm going to read a couple other verses that, that aren't on the screen. It's 1 Thessalonians 5:16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus in you. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. I think this will be up on the screen, Ephesians 5, 4. It says, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. And as God's people, the, the norm should be thanksgiving and rejoicing. And like some of those verses said, in all circumstances, right? It, it, that last verse he says, replace the filthiness, the foolish talk, the crude joking. Replace that with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving should be our second language as Christians, right? It should just flow from us. Um, so Psalm 138, basically we're going to go through and just make some observations. So we, we start in verse 1. I give you thanks, O Lord. We're going to stop there. And this is a no-brainer that God is the one we should be thankful to, right? God's the one that, that provides for us. God's the one that, that gives us 
everything. But it's it's really easy to forget. At least for me, it's easy to forget that that those things that I'm I'm good at, the things that um, that I do that that get me somewhere. It's easy to think that those are for me because I worked hard or, or whatever I did. Um, but but really, it, it's the Lord that's provided every single thing, every talent you have, every disposition you have. It, it's from God. Um, so Matt and I, Matt led worship here. If you don't know Matt, Matt and I work together with the youth. We collaborate on almost every decision that's made for for the youth group, whether it's a camp, a retreat, a Wednesday night, a lesson, a game. We we do it all together, and and it generally goes. The, the process is something like this: we're brainstorming. Matt comes up with an idea. I hate it. Two thirds of the time, I really do. I don't like it. Then I brew on it. I love it. Then we work on it together, we shape it, we, we plan it out, we figure it out, we execute it. If it goes well, which most of the time it does, then later we're like, man, that was great. And we think through the whole process and almost every time I ask, man, how did I come up with that idea? And I'm totally sincere. And Matt's like, are you kidding me? All the time I steal his ideas and think they're my own because eventually I get so invested into them and man... We do that with what God has given us so much. We think, oh, man, I'm such a hard worker. I'm so good at this thing. Man, the genetics that were given to me, that's my fault, right? Now, like, we pat ourselves on the back when it's God. And, and I guarantee King David, he's the one that wrote this psalm. I guarantee there are times that he forgot, right? There are times that he thought, man, I'm such a brilliant general. I'm such a mighty warrior. I'm such a good guy. When he wrote this psalm, at least, and many other times, he remembered. He remembered it was God that created him. He remembered that it's God that had gifted him. He remembered that, that providentially God has used these circumstances in his life to refine him. And, and he gave credit to God, and God deserves all the credit. The next, next part says, with my whole heart. God wants and deserves our whole heart, every single part of us. And you know, if you've been around church very long, or if you've read your Bible much, it's a theme throughout Scripture that God wants all of us, not, not just who we are on Sundays, not just part of us, but He wants every part of us. So we should, we should thank God from, from a whole heart. Um, and before I get to that, I want to talk about complaining. I'm shocked at how easy it is to complain. Like, I think I'm a really positive person. Um, but even I like complain about little things. I, I don't mean big things that, you know, we should lament over like really tragic things. I mean, like I get in line at the grocery store and I'm like, Oh, this line's so long and that checker is so slow. She clearly doesn't care about me or man, my latte is not very hot. Gosh, life is hard. Right? Like we complain, I, I say that all jokingly, but we complain. And, and some people complain a lot. As Christians, man, it's ridiculous like how much we complain. And, and, and if you complain a lot, if you don't know this, like you're sucking the life out of the people around you. Like you, you're, you're draining them. I, just, uh, just the other day, I was at a store um, and the lady in front of me was, I don't know what was going on. I wasn't paying attention until I realized she was really frazzled, like something was happening. I don't know if she was mad at the, the cashier or what, but she was freaking out kind of all over the place. And she left, and I came up, 
and looked at the uh, look at the guy, uh, the cashier, and uh, and me and the person uh, next to me said, "We're happy. <laughs> it's okay." <laughs> and he, you could just see like, whoa, because he was so frazzled by whatever was going on with this lady. So complainers, like, you, you're not just impacting yourself; you're, you're impacting the people around you. And when we complain, I really think we shut down the ability to see what God wants to do in a situation. Like we have these blinders on and we miss that, that God is at work. And, and even this horrible thing, this thing that seems so terrible to us, like God can use this. Psalm 118, 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Whatever day God serves us, whatever the circumstances are, we can rejoice and be glad and trust that our God is, is good. So wholehearted thankfulness. It, it, it should flow from us. David says, I give you thanks with my whole heart. It should bubble up in us and, and gush out and overflow um, as we see that, man, our God is so good. We should be filled with this heart of gratitude, realizing that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, right? As James 1.17 tells us, with wholehearted thankfulness, we, we can't wait to tell others. Verse 2, he says, I bow down. Or sorry, end of verse 1. Before the gods, I sing your praise. So David says, before all these so, so-called gods, these handmade idols, I bow down. And, and I sing your praise, God, because you are so good. And, and I think we all know, we know Christians, that they can't be quiet about how good the Lord is, right? And it's not just at church either. Like they're, even when they're around other people, like, man, praise God for this thing he did in my life. Man, did you see the sunrise this morning? Isn't God so good? Like we should just ooze praise before whoever we are with, not, not just when it's safe at church. I need to praise God that my mouth is dry. And I, I say that joking. Um, but I think I need to slow down and not, not panic that my mouth is dry and trust that the Lord knew that was going to be this way. And I don't need to freak out about it, right? Like God is good and he is in control. So I'm going to chill out now and accept this. Um, cause we can trust him. I know that's funny. I, I do know that's funny, um, but I mean that seriously. Like, we just, we're so easily rattled, right? I'm so easily rattled by things, but God's really in control. Like, we actually can trust that even little things he knows about, and he's there, and he's good. Verse 2, David says, I bow down toward your holy temple. And give thanks to your name. Thankfulness and humility go hand in hand. You, when you thank someone and, and you sincerely mean it, you are elevating that person, right? Uh, the one you are you're thinking, thanking, um, and you're humbling yourself. Uh, I, uh, I had a rough week a couple weeks ago, and then um, and then things were were getting a little better, and then just big stuff kind of came up good stuff but but challenging stuff um and i had uh i'd gone to uh the men's group that i'm a part of here and i thought i was doing okay 
and uh, we're sharing about prayer requests. And I'm like, well, I should be real, and I'm going to share. And I just start weeping. Like, I didn't even know it was going to come out. I thought I was doing great at that point. Um, like a week later, uh, Elvin, I don't, I don't know if Elvin's here, but he, uh, he emailed me and, and said, hey, you want to grab lunch? And, uh, man, I was so grateful for that. Right, Elvin and I, we know each other. We've been getting to know each other over the last few years. They've adopted from China. They're hugely influential in us starting that process. And I knew that he just wanted to get together and, and, and love me and take care of me. And we, we, we had lunch, and it was great. It was so encouraging to me. It was, it was just it was what I needed that day. And uh, I got done. I'm getting a little emotional, trying to hide it, as always, and not doing that very well. And I say, thank you. Elvin, he's like, oh yeah, no problem. I'm like, no, you do not understand. That was so good for me, and I'm I'm so grateful to you. And I, I was elevating Elvin and humbling myself because I, I needed I needed him. And the the act of giving thanks it exalts the the one we're thanking, and and that's what happens when we're thankful to God. We realize that God, you are you're so good. You are everything that Scripture says about you. So David explains why he bows down and gives thanks. In verse 2, he says, For your steadfast love and your faithfulness, for you've exalted above all things your name and your word. And we thank God because he is so good, because he's so gracious. He's all-powerful. He doesn't change. He, he pours out this grace, as, as we sang about, this scandalous grace. He sent Jesus to die for us. We thank God. Because he's amazing. Everything about him is, is absolutely incredible. And, 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 and as we see that, right, when we actually take the time to slow down and see who God is, we overflow with, with, with this gratitude and this thankfulness. Verse 3, David says, On the day I called, you answered me. My strength of soul you increased. My strength of soul, you increase. Like, that's not, he's not saying that flippantly, right? He's not saying, God, you answered that little prayer that I had, right? David's crying out. David's crying out, Lord, I need you. I need you so desperately. There's no way that I can make it through this without you. And, and, and as I've been thinking about that verse this week, I've just wondered, man, how often do I actually cry out to God where if he doesn't show up, I'm toast, right? Like if he doesn't come through, I am absolutely out of hope. Like David obviously didn't live a perfect life. He, he, a lot of things he did, he did in faith. Right? He, he went for it and he trusted that God was just, God was big and God is good. And, and, and it's so easy for me as a, as a Christian to to lead this really safe life. And I, I don't have many prayers where I'm like, Lord, will you strengthen my soul? Will you give me everything that I need? Lindsay and I, um, there, there have been times in our marriage, even recently, where we've just had big, big decisions to make. And we, you know, we've all been there. Um, the most recent decision, I, I just, sometimes I couldn't sleep. Um, it was hard to work 
Like it, it, my mind just was always on this. I'm like, Lord, like I don't even have a, a framework to think through this decision. God, I need you. And over and over again, over days, this is, this is my prayer. This is Lindsay's prayer. And it was amazing. I still didn't know how to make the decision that was in front of me. But God gave both of us this peace, right? And the scripture talks about the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I, I was at, I was, we were in our kitchen talking about this, and I was standing there, and I leaned over, and I said, I don't know what we're going to do, but God has given me a total peace. And she looked at me, and she's like, me too. Oh, thank you, Lord. And, and like, that decision, like all that week, we were able to tell people, man, God is so good. We don't know what we're doing at all, but God is so good. Like he, we know that he's with us and he's going to take care of this. So when David says, man, I called out and you answered me, my strength of soul, you increased. He means it, you know. When we take steps of faith, our thankfulness increases. As we step forward and, and, and trust God, um, our faith grows, our thankfulness grows. Going on, David, uh, he, he describes like what a big deal God is. He's such a big deal that in verse 4, All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth, verse 5, and they sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. He says, God, word of you will spread and these little earthly kings these lowercase k kings and they're going to sing your praise because you you are so mighty you are so good verse six for though the lord is high he regards the lowly but the haughty he knows from afar and god is so far out of our league it's ridiculous Sometimes, actually a lot, I'll be at home. Maybe the kids are asleep or, um, I don't know, Lindsay will be on the couch. I'm on the couch doing something. She's doing something. And I'll just look up at her and go, man, how in the world did I trick Lindsay Langmaid into marrying me? Like how? She's so far out of my league. I remember the first time I saw her at church holding her Bible. She's in sixth grade. I was in fifth grade. It's not like sparks were flying then, but but even then, like I knew, I knew Lindsay was so awesome, right? Like I, it, throughout, many of you have heard me say this before, and I'm not just trying to like score points with my wife. This this has a total point. Um, but man, like even in college, like you know, making a list of like, man, what do I, what would I pray for for my wife to be like? And over and over again, I said, man, Lord, I want someone like Lindsay. Right? But I never thought that that would happen. Like Lindsay just felt like she was so far out of my league. And, and, and we forget that God is so out of our league way more than Lindsay was out of my league. Right? God is, is absolutely incredible. We, we forget that, that he really is so far beyond us. I, I have a lot of uh, several places I go in Scripture when I want to remember how, how amazing God is, like how how just beyond us he is. And, and one of them is John's description in Revelation 1. And I, I'm not going to read it to you, but, but he, he, he's describing 
he's describing Jesus, and he keeps using the word like um, because he doesn't know how exactly to say what Jesus looked like, what he saw. So he'd say his, his hair was like wool, right? His eyes were like flames, right? The, the, uh, his, it said his, his feet were like burnished bronze, right, refined by fire. He said the, the sound of his voice was like the roar of mighty waters. And then it says that John fell down at Jesus' feet as though dead. Like what he saw was so incredible that he couldn't handle it. He collapsed. And then the crazy thing is Jesus reaches and he touches him, right? And he comforts him, gets him to stand up. And the other day I was, uh, I was reading in Colossians um, 1, 12 and 13, and, and it just it stopped me in my tracks. And I, and I can't like manufacture that for you. I wish I could. Um, but I want, I want to read it to you. It says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I'm sitting at my desk. I'm just going, why would you do that, God? You are so awesome. And yet you... You qualified me to share in the inheritance. And the inheritance is for a son. Why would you do that for me, Lord? I can't even believe that you could transfer me in my sin from the domain of darkness to the light of your kingdom. And I was just just blown away. And it seemed like every verse I read that day just halted me. And it doesn't happen enough, at least to me. Like, it's so easy to be so cavalier about who God is. Right? When we are here every Sunday and we sing these songs about how awesome he is and we hear these passages, it's just so easy. Oh, yeah, God's awesome. No. And God is so out of our league. It's so incredible that he loves us. Right? It's so incredible that he gave his son for us, so I ask you, do you marvel at God's grace in your life? Does it ever stop you in your tracks when you think about how good God is? Is there, is there even enough space in your schedule for God to just stop you? To just keep you from going on to that next thing, even though maybe it's really important? Like, do you just stop and thank God for how amazing He is? Verse 7, he says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand of wrath against my enemies. Man, our God is so good that we can be thankful in the midst of difficulty and, and trials. And I know that and that's, nothing, that's nothing new at church. I mean, like We talk about about that kind of stuff all the time, that, that God is so, so amazing that, that even in the worst moments of our lives, we can look to him and we can thank him. We can trust that he's good. I want to read for you Romans um, chapter 5, uh, 
halfway through verse 2. It says, And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who He has given to you. For while we were still weak at the right time, God died. Christ died for the ungodly. And God is so good that, that even, even in the things that are horrible, we can trust Him, right? God never wastes a hurt. God never wastes pain. Like we can always trust Him with the worst things in our lives because we know that, that God is going to we know that God's going to use that Romans 8 28 and 29 I love these verses it says and we know that, that for those who love God all things work together for good right all things the good the bad everything in between work together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. And, and verse 29 tells us what that good is. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. Right? God is making us more and more like Jesus through those really great days that are super easy to thank God for. And even when we're down in the dark pit, our worst case scenario as a Christ follower is that he is making us more like Jesus, right? How awesome is that, right? And, and I'm not saying that's easy to see when, when we're in the storm. Um, but man, the, the hardest things in my life that have happened, um, God has used them, right? God has used them to increase my faith, to increase my trust. My mom, I, I've told you guys this before, my mom had breast cancer, then she had leukemia, then she had a brain aneurysm. Um, it was like boom, boom, boom. And, and I would, I don't know why, but I would always cry in the shower and just wrestle with God. And it was so hard to trust him. It was so hard to trust God. But he was so good in refining me, right? When my friend Brett died a couple of years ago, he drowned. And I was, I was just around the river bend, like, I don't know, a few hundred yards away. I cried out to God, like, Lord, why? Man, in the next, I don't know, months, year, it was so hard. And yet God was doing such good stuff in me. Right, God, I mean, there, there, there are people, high, school, high schoolers, or actually they're college students now, that, that got saved because of some of the stuff that happened that week. For Kaylin Grindy, her life changed that week, right? And, and Kaylin, I'm sorry, I didn't even tell you I was going to do this because I didn't know I was going to do it. And Kaylin that week, as things changed, like she went back to her high school, and it wasn't just her, there were others, but she was she was one of the people that man, started telling people about Jesus, right? That was, that was the first year of Stories Week. You hear us talk about that sometimes. It's this week of outreach at Camas High School that God just did. Um, and Kaylin was on, on the bus ride home from a softball game, right? And, and there was an event that night um, for, the, for, the, for the girls at the high school. And Kaylin said, she just got up on her bus, said, hey, 
you guys all should come with me to this thing going on tonight. And they weren't too interested. And she said, there's free food. And they came. And, and, and there are girls like, that, that gave their life to Jesus that week. And he was directly connected to my friend dying. And God, didn't, God did not have to do that. Like He already showed me enough good from that. He did not have to do that. But he did. And God is so good. And, and, and I don't know what's going to happen you know, this week or the rest of this year. Like you, you might get a terrible diagnosis, right? Or, or maybe your kid gets a terrible diagnosis and you just want, you want that diagnosis to be for you and not for your kid, right? But we can trust God that he is so, so good. I know Thanksgiving, for some people this week, Thanksgiving, you are so excited to get together with your family. Not just have time off work, but to be with your family. And for others, man, you you do not want to be with your family. You don't want to be in the dysfunction. Or, or maybe maybe there's someone that every holiday, like you just miss them so much. I'm telling you, we can run to Jesus and, and, and trust him that, that he is good. We can thank him, even though it's hard. We can, we can run and trust him. Verse 8 says this. He says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. David's confident. David knows that God has purpose. He knows that all this isn't an accident. He knows that God is working. He says, Lord, don't stop working. I need you. I need you to keep going. I need you to help me. God's work will not be stopped. We're, uh, we're in a moment. The, the ushers are going to come up and, and they're going to uh, they're going to pass out the elements for communion. We're going to take it all together today. Um, they're they're going to pass out the bread and the cup and the band. Uh, they'll they'll lead us in a song. Um, I want you to just hold hold the elements. Don't take them yet. I'll, after the song, I'll lead us in. Uh, and how we're going to take communion. But, but I want you to think about how good God is, about how good God has been to you through, through the easy stuff and the hard stuff. And the band, you guys can come on up. Um, I, I want you to think about what you can thank God for, right? With a, with a sincere heart, how you can praise God. Um, I'm going to pray in a moment. Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm just going to pray something straight out of First Chronicles. Oh, one more thing. Gluten-free. Um, some of you guys need gluten-free bread. We're new at this, so we haven't totally dialed down a system. But we have a table in each corner in the back there with gluten-free. So that won't be passed out, but we thought of you. Um, let's pray. God, could this, could this just be regular language from us, Lord, from First Chronicles? Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him, sing praise. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Amen.